Hey guys, this is Emma, Vivo Barefoot's Head of Sustainability, and I f***ing hate the word sustainability. Join me as I talk to a whole bunch of people way smarter than me about how we're all going to make regeneration the new normal. Hey guys, welcome to the Vivo Barefoot Regeneration broadcast. Our guest today is none other than Asher Clark. I've had the pleasure of knowing him for a while now. Uh, And when he hired me, I'm not entirely sure that he expected me to be such a pain in the ass. (laughs) So welcome, Asha. Hello, Emma. (laughs) What's your title these days? What do you do at Vivo Barefoot? Um, On my business cards, it says design director, but basically, you know, I'm a a bit of a jack of all trades, honestly. I'm a shoe designer by training and really by experience. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, in in England, we call, we're, we're cobblers and... I think that's pretty apt, honestly, because we've been kind of cobbling away at, at Vivo Barefoot since 2009, 2010, or at least um, that's when I really got involved. Um, so, yeah, we've been building the spaceship as we've been flying it, frankly. Um, one of the things that I want to talk to you about and, and start with is basically what does regeneration mean to you? That you know, The point of these podcasts, this series, is to talk about what the future of the earth looks like after we all get out of lockdown. And um, I know that you've really been one of the people that have embraced the new future around regeneration at Vivo. And um, I think people would be keen to hear from you what, what you what you think that means. What does regeneration mean to me? Um, well, look, with Vivo, it, you know, it starts with your feet. And you could say that, you know, when we started really kind of dropping everything and, and making Vivo happen, that, that we're in the business of making sustainable barefoot shoes. Um, but, you know, as time went on, we realized that, that, that sustainable is not enough. And, and shoes, or at least the definition of shoes, is that, they're bad for your feet. So if shoes are the bad guy and, and sustainable is not enough, then, then regenerative, i.e. kind of net positive to, to human health, human movement, and ultimately how they're made, what they're made out of, is it became the kind of North Star. And um, I know that you personally have had a huge amount of issues with trying to really achieve that North Star? Because, I mean, in its essence, it's been the same thing for many years, right? You know, just to make the most beautiful, most minimalistic, most healthy, um, you know, footwear that's best for the planet and best for us. Um, I know that the intent's always been the same. Obviously, now we're aiming for, as you say yourself, net positive. Some of the the challenges to getting those, you know, best-in-class materials and, and really thinking about how we you know, design and make a product in this industry, you know, what are some of those challenges? You know, the journey so far has been incredibly challenging, like the paradigm or the old normal or even the existing normal is, you know, normal shoes, you need heaps of fancy underfoot technology, you know, based on the assumption that your feet are weak. But, you know, we start with your feet. We're talking millions of years of of, of evolution and frankly you know um, all that R&D has done a phenomenal job your feet are amazing bits of kit made out of 26 bones lightweight lattice structured with incredible kind of mechanical dexterity which in in, in many ways offer your natural stability um, you know muscles and tendons hundreds of them acting as for your, the, the natural energy and shock absorption like literally putting a spring in your step better than Adidas Boost or Nike Air. 
and hundreds of thousands of nerve receptors, the same as your hands in, your, in, in the soles of your feet, which is giving your brain the majority of information it needs for you to move the skill, move injury-free and, and, and efficiently. So the big challenge is with regeneration is like, look, it has to be a North Star and kind of do you put down all tools, stop making shoes and stop kind of doing things as usual? Probably not, you know, and you have to kind of, in some ways you've got to make baby steps that as a, and as a small business like us, we've got to make those steps really count and, and echo through the industry. And then that ultimately, the, the material collaborations or, or shoe collaborations, like for example, we were first movers about three or four years ago with Bloom kind of algae foam, where it is a really quick partnership. It's not perfect. It takes algae out of, out of um, waterways and turns them into fresh waterways and reduces CO2 and has this kind of nice uh, a net impact before you've even made the shoe. It still uses a combination of petrochemical materials. It's not perfect at all. No. But, but making a green shoe for water out of algae shakes the industry up a bit um, or, 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 making the first, or making the first bio shoe. And these, so whilst they're far, far from perfect, I think, these type of, of kind of sharp, slightly piratic moves that a business like ours can make pushes the agenda. And, and I think getting the balance of, of bringing that agenda forward and really, you know, nailing the 100% perfect thing is, is, is challenging for, for a small yeah. business. Like and I mean, we have, a, we have a tool at Vivo called the Eco Matrix, which is what we use to kind of guide that journey around this right because you know where we started a couple of years ago they would have maybe got poor scores and now we're starting to beef that eco matrix up um, with you know the latest science around what's out there in terms of material and, and production processes um, and we're starting to get better scores and better scores but a lot of what holds us back on that and I think this would be interesting to talk about here in the context of a lot of the podcasts we've spoken about how big systemic issues can come back to you know small personal problems or, or small problems that a business can be facing on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think let's talk about things like companies in this industry really buying up the rights to things. You know, a lot of the, you know, sustainability innovation, for lack of a better term, is always privatized because it's still seen like a game in this industry. Or perhaps we want to do something different with a supply chain in terms of a manufacturing process, like it being low water usage or something like, or not using toxic chemicals. But because the majority of the industry is doing it a certain way, we just have such a, you know, such a little influence on how to change that and how to do it better. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it starts with simplicity and, and you know, the traditional footwear supply chains, as you well know, have incredible complexity uh, um, built into them with first, second, third, fourth tier suppliers, you know, from the dye, the laces, et cetera. And it's really tough to get, get your arms around all of that, isn't it? I think it's really tough for you as well because you are such a, um, an innovative guy and you're really always kind of playing out there in the future and what does the future look like? And I mean, it must feel for you sometimes like you're just kind of dragging this thing behind you and come on, catch up. <laughs> yeah, like making, look, making shoes that are foot-shaped, um, are flat and, you know, frankly, like a bit ugly, you know, the, the, the foot is considered unfashionable, foot-shaped. Um, is is a challenge in itself, but uh, but when you once you believe in it, they're the best guardrails you can have from a design challenge. When you put 
the sustainability or the regenerative thing on that. And, and obviously we all know, now know the incredible kind of symbiotic um, interlinkedness of human health and planetary health. It just becomes an, you know, a, 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 an incredibly powerful thing to get out of bed in the morning with an energized team, albeit on Zoom currently. You know, that all believe in that, right? That it's, yeah. it's self-prophesizing. The less shoe we make, the more simple we make it, um, and the more integrated our regenerative thinking is. Um, it co-creates. We co-create kind of that vision and and can show a really interesting um version of what the new normal might be or you know the hypernatural yeah and i do really want to talk about what your vision for the future is and i think i do want to touch on one thing that you were saying there before we move on to the long-term vision or perhaps maybe not that long-term vision around what you're saying in terms of that symbiosis between personal and planetary health because when I first started at the business last year, one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life was come down to the Vivo Barefoot Retreat, which happens every year in June um, down in Devon in, in the beautiful coastline of the UK. And um, that whole experience of just, you know, getting out with this community of people and it was so raw and so real. And, um, you know, we did everything from swimming in the ocean to running over the, the cliffs um, and yoga and bonfires and talks and the whole experience and I think one of the beautiful things about Vivo is that they have this transformative effect to people how did you manage to build that I mean we grew up down here my grandfather came here when he was two years old in a horse and cart and the lifestyle or the way um, that we exist down here when we escape the kind of the the concrete jungles that we frequenting in the last 20 years or so is in rhythm with nature the, the the estuary empties you know twice a day um and 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 you move and you swim and 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 around like based on what's going on the weather the estuary the water and and ultimately being barefoot is what i've never worn shoes when i come down here even in winter and we, we only wear wetsuits if we're in the water for a long period of time. So it's like, this is the ultimate nature bomb. Um, and everyone, I think, has their, or a lot of people do have their nature bomb, that place it is that they call home or they reconnect, recalibrate. When we were kids, six weeks in the summer, and you put your shoes back on and your feet don't fit into them. You know, it's like, it's like doing a yoga class in London. And then the people doing yoga, which is all about grounding, flat toe, stability, core, starts from your feet then they get back into their Nike shoes. It is just bananas, right? Mm. When, you, when we got in the barefoot, it was like, right, you make, the, you make the best barefoot shoe you can. Right, we want to go trail running now, so we've got to make the trail shoe. Okay, right, we want to walk up a mountain, so we made a walking boot. Mm. What about our kids? So we made kid shoes. Bananas model, crazy model. No one tries to make every shoe outdoor active kids, particularly at our size, um, but... Barefoot is the category. Once you get into wearing no shoes, you want as little shoe as possible. And, and so in terms of that retreat that you're talking about and the one that we're going to do every year, it was inspired by, you know, our forefathers in many ways. And, um, and, and then ultimately inspired by um, when we met the founders of Otolo. Yeah. The archipelagos in, in, in Sweden, um, where swim run, Otolo means island to island, was, was invented. And I went, yeah. I went on my first swim run with, with one of the brothers who invented it. It was a drunk bet in a pub 
<laughs> and they, they, the, the two groups of, of brothers bet that one could get from one end to the other. I think then it took two weeks. Now the best oh. doing 72K in like under six hours. Um, and um, yeah, so we, I went on a 10 kilometer one with him and we were, that, it all just clicked in the place. That was like, that's where shoes and Vivo and experience and nature, you know, hyper nature or whatever you want to call it. The thing, I, the thing I really loved about that as well was that I felt like it was really accessible. And I think that one of the issues with anything like triathlons or marathons or whatever, it, it feels really intimidating. But to go out and to just jump in and out of the ocean, you know, and do some short runs and some short swims together where you have, and you have to have a partner and swim run as well. So like, that's mm-hmm. one of the beautiful things is there's such a camaraderie to it as well. And I know one of the things that we're setting out in our regeneration mis- mission from this year which is a really fundamental part of it, is that we're going to be, you know, realigning the business to focus on not just making footwear, but also making experiences yeah. um, and acknowledging that the whole thing comes together as a system and it's not one without the other, it's both and that's the experience. It's a lot to take in. It sounds, it is overwhelming. And frankly, the reason why that sport probably hasn't caught on is because on the outside, it still looks a bit overwhelming, but actually the reason why people are into it and there's short races and entry races is because when you're actually, it's beautiful, beautiful races or beautiful events in amazing places with these little nice trail runs through incredible little forests and then you get into water and it's, and it's just raw and pure human locomotion on land and sea where you get to the water's edge and it's not the end. You keep going and then yeah. you get out and you keep going. It's, it's, um, it's again, it's one of those things that we've spoken about a lot on the podcast because everything that kind of comes back to this new future we want after lockdown, it really involves people feeling that sensory feeling of the world, of the cold water, of the sand on your feet, yeah. of, you know, like going out and running and, and or, or just feeling the ground. I know we just recently completed a study this week, you know, with Carlisle University where we're, we're showing that in the elderly populations wearing, um, you know, barefoot, our, our footwear or other barefoot footwear can basically help you reduce slip trips and falls. So that's one of the other beautiful things is that this isn't just for like really super active fit people in their 20s or their 30s. It's, it's you know, it's really something that kids should be in at a very young age. Yeah. You know? And then obviously all the way up to the, the elderly, which, which we've really realized that having that feeling back in your feet and that feeling in your life you know, it ultimately leads to a better health, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it is, it is a bit hippy-dippy when you talk about feeling, but it is, you know, it's like we live in a more padded, easier, convenient, kind of synthesized world than ever, right? Frankly, our bodies are out of date because our bodies need a lot of nature. They need a lot of movement. They need, you know, organic food. They need all this stuff to really thrive. And, and the current world isn't kind of set up for it. To thrive, not survive. <laughs> we need, yeah, we need to be feeling it, right? And yeah. and um, and I think there's a there's a real strong growing movement now of like of, of whether it's people that have to kind of climb a mountain or go and kind of do a, a tough mudder or do this and that. It's, but I think it's an innate thing in us where we just kind of like, we, you know, with no threats to flee from or you know or or um, villages being bombarded by the next next door or whatever. It's like we, you know, we need to feel it again. Yeah. And I think um, that's a really good segue onto talking about your vision. You know, what, what excites you most about the future of, of, of Vivo and, and what's coming on the horizon? 
Um, my vision. I mean, I think I always like to think of it as a shared vision. I know I'm known in the business as, as a bit of a fireball thrower. Um, but really, my fireballs are kind of just meant to kind of light up a potential area in people's brains that might kind of look, you know, help them think about things in a slightly different way. You definitely um, have been known for presenting a PowerPoint or two uh, a little bit out of, out of the ordinary. Yeah, so look, we've, we've been talking about all this nice regress out of the city, pulling our brains out of the digital jar and getting back into nature. But look, the reality is, is that, you know, the world is moving in a, in, in towards technology and innovation and 5G is on our doorstep. It's 10 times faster and digital in the, in the health and wellness um, world, digital is the new bad guy, right? So, but digital's no worse than shoes. It just depends on the agenda and the values of where that's coming from. So a good shoe is good for your feet. Healthy digital is healthy for you. It just so happens that the balance is, is out of sync. So the, the, the future for Vivo, it, in, not the entire future, but look, if we're going to exist in this world, what does healthy digital mean? And how can we be part of an, an ecosystem, um, an, an online ecosystem that ultimately promotes, you know, human experience around connection and regeneration um, it, and exponentially increases that participation because we believe that the more people that are feeling it through their feet and out in nature, the more likely it is that they're going to value human health and value nature and therefore massively over-index on fucking protecting it. So one of the things we want to do is actually almost find a way of, um, you know, awarding people or rewarding people for getting out in nature in their vivos. So like that could be really cool you know, thing for people to get excited about in terms of once you get this pair of shoes, it's not just buying the shoes and then see you later. You'll remain engaged in this community where we're really encouraging you as part of a, you know, a wider global community to get involved and to reconnect in nature. But also the other thing as well is around um, really getting that individual barefoot transition experience. If you have been wearing that padded shoe for 20 years and you're really now trying to embrace the barefoot movement, um, or, or the barefoot lifestyle, I should say, not movement. Uh, Emma, you're exactly right. And, and, our, and our kind of big cross-functional drive now is the project's called My Vivo, and it's about a future kind of customer regeneration um, experience first. And the vision of that is to create a kind of a really elegant um, hub, digital hub, ultimately, where, where um, whether it's through the kind of hard product perspective of, of getting a pair of Vivos or the future 3D Vivos, it's using, you know, using the digital system to tell you what shoes you've got, how long they've been in use, when they might need to be repaired, so that, that, that it encourages you to put them back into the loop and, and stay in service all the way through to what experiences are next. You know, the activist toolkit where we're able to educate people in a really exciting way about sustainability, um, where, and, and we're able to give a really kind of compelling and easy straight out of the box transition from going from padded shoes and ultimately slightly weak and compromised feet and posture from sitting, etc into, into um, you know, a, a, a more standing wearing Vivos and ultimately running and moving. It's not, it's not that simple. It's a complicated truth. All of these things, sustainability, movement, 
health, you know, why, why can't we at least be part of or, or, or potentially even be a one-stop shop where we have collaborated and, and tied in groups of like-minded people where you can come and get the definitive um, transition or advice or kind of collaboration hub for people that are on the regenerative footwear and experiences journey. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to see the to see where it goes. And um and I think it'd be really nice to hear from people how you live by your values. You know, what do you do with your kids? What do you do in your life to to really live by this ethic about reconnecting with nature and really just being as simple and as pure as you possibly can be in your life? It's difficult. It's really difficult. I want to tell you that it's all easy and I've got it all right. Um but but it's not. I'm sitting in a chair. Um, in um, in my kind of makeshift office down here, um, so and I'm actually feeling it in my neck because I usually stand at work. Um, how do I do it? I try and get all my work. At, I get up down here at least. We retreated, by the way, to Bantham, which is where we do the retreat. Um, before the lockdown, I'm just going to add. Before the lockdown, the lockdown, yeah, about a week before the lockdown. Um, so I'm co-living, co-parenting, co-working, co-learning, co reconnecting um with my cousin who's the ceo and his family and his wife biama who looks after the kids business and dolma who works in emma's team and her family if you imagine your kids future in 20 years time what yeah. does that look like incredibly fortunate look my, our kids can get outside um during the day and we can jump in the estuary at night and have a swim after our day's work everyone's working too hard and we all need to put our laptops down. The whole Vivo team, wherever you are, I know you are because you're doing an amazing job. We, we've had a dry, you know, from my family's perspective, we've had a dress rehearsal of living in a country. When you look at the environment, obviously we're reading all these amazing articles about the water in Venice is clear. The, the air in India is, is clear enough that people can see the Himalayas for the first time in 20, 30 years. I swim down the river late at night um, or not late at night, before sunset and before dinner, and the water is crystal fucking clear. You can so, so to you, is what's future. going on right now for you is actually a glimpse it's a learning of learning curve, right? And we yeah. need to come out of the new yeah. normal, both in terms of how we work. We're able to work remotely um, and not be landlocked to nine to five offices. Kids are schooling remotely, so suddenly you don't need to be landlocked to cities because of school five-day weeks and work five-day weeks, right? So you can have, intrinsically, we're in theory able to have balanced lives which are going to have a better impact on our well-being. Yeah. We're in some ways like rewilding how mm. the system works. The normal system that we thought was unbreakable works, mm. right? And, and, and as, I, as we just talked about, like the, the environment can breathe again. Mm. I think a lot of people struggle with how could we possibly, um, you know, how could we possibly get that beautiful nature-rich life again when we've just done so much exploitation and so much development? And um, it is really such a beautiful visual glimpse of what we could do, isn't it? Yes, yeah, an amazing glimpse. And I think it goes back to your earlier point as well, like what's the vision of, of, of Vivo? And it's not about going and living back in a cave again. It's, you know, using natural and ancient wisdom and principles but through modern technology right shoes aren't bad technology is not bad it's just how you do it mm. and, and so um 
you know, uh, we've got a long way to go. And I think even the kind of top environmental scientists are all already saying that even the respite that the planet has had as a result of this lockdown is still not enough. I know that all sounds a bit pessimistic, but I'm actually really optimistic. I've never felt more optimistic about Vivo. Um, I've never felt more optimistic about kind of my my family life it's settling down I've lived on a plane for about 10 years um, and and I, and I and I really think that that the growing health and well-being mindset is going to have you know an exponential kind of boost coming out of this and I really hope that um, that that tips us over the net positive edge of the cliff me too mate me too and i think that's a really nice way to leave it so we'll leave it there and um thank you very much for joining us and uh if anyone wants to find out more about you asha where can they go or do you not want them to not go through your instagram, instagram. <laughs> um yeah circa from 2018 onwards in instagram so the general you know every other guest in the podcast series has had a sign off with where they can find them but you're basically saying don't find you yeah, I've actually been off Instagram for six months just trying to give my big egghead a break from um, from <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg's crazy world. But I would also like to say a massive thank you to you, Emma, and the team and the mindset that you're that you are bringing with you into Vivo. Um, you know, it's really been a pleasure um, working with you and everyone in the Vivo team. They say one uh, uh, another quote from um, another man crushing mine, Pharrell Williams says, like, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. And thankfully, um, I've been in the right room for a long time and it's uncomfortable to be here, but it is great to be surrounded by so many smart people. So, Well, that, it that, helps when you've got inspiring and empowering leadership, Asher. So cheers very much, mate. Take care, yeah. Keep it Bye. real, Annie. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's it for today. If you managed to get the entire way through this podcast without getting really annoyed by my bloody Australian accent, you deserve an award. For more information and to listen to the other episodes, go to vivobarefoot.com. See you later.